Attention Pokemon players, you're listening to Triple P Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Congratulations, Jake! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, just the best way to start this bonus episode. Uh, yes. But yeah, the championship episode of uh, Triple P. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is a double championship episode. We'll get to that in a little bit. But we first want to talk about this one. Uh, our season two league players league is over, uh, and. Fortunately, unfortunately, but, uh, but mostly fortunately, Jake is our champion this season. So, yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you were runner-up, so I was. it was it was the second season in a row for you being runner-up. So, I mean, uh, sorry that it's two seconds in a row, but it's also super cool that you're being consistent in getting to the finals. I didn't get to do that last year. I scrubbed out at top four. Yep, yep. Um, so, you know, I, I would call it an even run right there. <laughs> I know. I, hey, you, 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 you may have lost the battle, but you kind of are winning the war right now. I would put it that way. Uh, yeah. I got to get my name on that trophy soon too. So yep. we'll get, I we'll had get... to get it there first. I had to get it there first. <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, but yeah, no, those were such good games. Unfortunately, we were able to record those. We are having some technical difficulties on the streaming side of things. So, eh, but but we can record. That's the important yes. thing, at least. That way, those yes. matches, uh, you can also see my big blunder. <laughs> uh, well, okay, I think I made a couple big uh, blunders, especially game two. Uh, game two was just so interesting. Well, I, I can um, say I want to say your game, uh, the start of game two is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll let them watch that. But yeah, I mean, it yeah. was, they were good. They were good. That first game, you know, we talked about that right after and in the video. Like, it's amazing. It, this was interesting, and I, I want to preface this is like, yeah, for those who listened to our episode with Steve. Uh, the other uh, professor in our area, he, you know, he did a Dar- Darmantan Strictly episode. I had been playing Darmantan and Teleon for so long. Uh, mm-hmm. I had bias going into the episode, but we were right in the middle of it. And I didn't want to talk too, too much about what I was saying. Also, because I wanted, I really wanted Steve's input, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like our philosophy on the show. Like we have our opinions and stuff, but again, we're, we're wanting to hear and when we bring a guest on we're wanting to hear their thoughts on it too so yeah um, i mean we we are we have a certain play style and sometimes it's hard to break that down especially if it's a deck that archetype isn't quite to you know our norm and we don't want that to you know ruin our opinion on a deck right right and, and you know like you you came in swinging we knew this was an unfavorable matchup for me uh you had picaram yeah, and and this is prior to the Mew three. This is, well, not this is just consistent Picaram. Mew three, the Mew two variant of it is awesome in a lot of the matchups, and it is a great deck. But just great Picaram is, I feel, a little more consistent, and that's kind of why I went with it. No, that's yeah. I mean, it may, it makes a lot of sense, and uh, you know, uh, do you want to go through a couple of your matches leading up to this, like what you saw? Did uh, how many times did you play Picaram? Uh, in our in our pod matches 
None. I was the only peeker on player. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> I, I I swear I'm the only peeker on player in our area. <laughs> you really are. Uh, yeah. I think there's I think there's like one other person, but he he hasn't shown up for a little while. But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you're a primary peek around. I mean, you, this was the first deck you handed me to learn how to play, but that was before oh, this is, So <laughs> I've been in the game for about a year now, and I started with peek around, Uh And I've played other decks, and other decks yeah, are yeah. great, but peek around just so consistent. Uh, every time you think it's dead, it just comes back. Uh, and it's just so good uh, for so many different reasons. And, I mean, at this point, I'm sure most of our listeners already know why it's good. So. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to deep dive into a, 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 a list breakdown or anything like that. No, no. Uh, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask is that, so you played Colton, who was our previous champion in top four. How did that yes. matchup go? What was he playing? What were you playing? Or you were playing Pika? He was, he was playing a turn of this. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, not a turn of this year. I thought he was going to. He played Santa Scorch. Uh, so really? I felt I felt bad for him because game one, he started with Dedenne and just kind of bricked, and it uh, kind of was like a simple win. Uh, game two was very close. He ended up taking it. Uh, I can't. This was, this was like a week or a couple of days ago, yeah, so I don't really quite remember. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how. I know it was close, but he, you know, he took it. And then the third game, he had a semi-slow start, and semi-slow I didn't. Is almost two slogans. Pikaram. Yeah, and so I mean, he he eventually did get a Santa Scorch Vmax out there, but. I got Choo Choo out there and paralyzed him, and he had to burn through a lot of switches to get set up. Uh, so he didn't really have a way to pivot out or back, back and forth to do damage. So me just stalling him that late game, uh, you know, I took game three that way. And then ended up playing you in, in some uh, wacky close games uh, again. Uh, I felt almost like it was like, oh, I, I have this in the bag against you. Um, definitely underrated. Darmanitan a little bit uh, and you made it super close and actually there was a point in game two where I was like well congratulations on the win. I know and, you called it and I'm, like, I reason- I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there I, I, <laughs> I'm so angry when you said that too I'll be honest with you I was I was like why would you just say that because now I'm going to lose and then what did you do what did you, uh, you hit me with the reset stamp and it yeah, just the reset stamp. threw me well, for okay. a while. So I, I I remember seeing you pulling a card that was devastating to me. So I was like, okay, I have to reset tap you, even though I'm reset tapping you to six. I think I pulled the bosses the the, the previous turn. Yeah. I, so I, I, I can't. It, re- it was I, a little bit of a desperate lucky play on my part there, but uh, I mean, it it wasn't just completely random, but. No, it, it, no, it was it was well played. It was well thought. It was you know because that I it was after. It was after taking you down. Well, the first game you took me down to one prize with the reset stamp. Yeah. The other one, I think was, you know, the I, game was still lost at that yeah, point. Yeah. Well, you know, the worst part was is I needed an energy and I had the the switch in my hand and then I got, I topped it and I was like, okay, I I had this. Um, <laughs> you got the two cards you needed. Yeah, I, like I, it was like the reset stamp did nothing. I ha- I was holding them already, and then you reset stamp them, and I got them right back. I I don't think I had many cards in my deck left because I got yeah. through that deck so quick. Uh, yeah. That game, uh, but then the second game, yeah, that reset stamp murdered me. Uh, I and then I I got a little lucky in the fact that I was able to play a Nessa, who, by the way, I actually added in because I was burning through energy so quick. 
and yeah. I was on the ladder and stuff were like, cause this is, you sacrifice a little bit with Inteleon and Darmantan. Sometimes it's the Darmantan, sometimes it's the Inteleon, or if your opponent plays well and they can, you know, tons of crushing hammers and stuff that Nessa has saved me. And it was Colton's idea after I t- yeah. talked to him and played to him. he's like, Oh, I want to run one with them. And I was like, I don't see the benefit of it, but it is just, now fishing, you do. I, it, it <laughs> is just fishing rods super better. Uh, yeah. for them yeah and like yeah it, it, it does it helps but you only need one it's an emergency card it's like weird it's like rose but not it doesn't hurt your hand yeah um, so but yeah darmanitan's super effective it, you know you saw how it can be i i was kind of happy i did get a bear scooter snipe win because yeah you did you did <laughs> nothing i could do at that point yeah, but, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah that no. it was good games though you that, that third game though you were you were lightning you were speed energy the whole way, and it was, you know, it just showed how effective and how strong Picarom can be, and especially in hand, someone in someone's hands like yours. So awesome job, man! Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, one other thing before we get to the the main topic of the day, um, our bonus episode, championship episode. I don't know if uh, we'll have it in the, you know, as in the description if there's any spoilers. Um, because it is a championship episode. It's a championship. But I do want to, yeah, I do want to um, apologize to one of our locals. Um, so I've been trying to bling out my deck and get all like four copies of all the major gold cards you can have online. Um, and one of our locals, Shayla, she had a, a quick ball. And I have two at the moment. And I gold said, quick hey, balls. gold quick ball. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you mind trading that? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, I, I have IRL cards. I have cards on there. I have packs on there, whatever you want. She's like, packs. I'm like, okay, cool. I, I kind of remember seeing at some point there was uh, the quick balls were going for like 50 to 60 packs. Uh, I had that in my head. So my like, count is 55 packs sound. And she's like, cool, I'll take it. So I'm like, okay, cool. We did the, tr- we did the trade. And you know, I'm, I'm looking through the trades down the road uh, like a day later, and I see that they're worth like 95 packs. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I ripped her off like this. I, I felt so bad. Um, yes, so I, mean, I, I, you, I, you I did tell sure. her <laughs> I, I, I wasn't intending on ripping her off, and I, I do apologize. Yeah, so I, I mean, I wasn't trying to. Um, but I think the moral of the story is 100% know your trade values before you do that. Uh, I didn't see him on the trade uh, block within the last couple days, so I was kind of just guesstimating. But there is a good resource. If you go to ptcgoprices.com, it will tell you for every single card um, what the fair trade value is. So from now on, I will be using that and not trying to rip, you know, a local off that just uh, just was a bad feeling i will get her some more packs i don't have them at the moment as we speak now but i will get her another 45 packs or so to make it right well with your rate of play i have a feeling that won't be too long from now well so. i have something like 300 tournament tokens to, right. <laughs> to redeem and i have a long uh christmas break weekend um so i'll be playing a lot of tournaments i think yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll have that link in the show notes down below or in the, um, 
in the episode notes. So, you know, please check that out. But Jake, I think it's time to introduce someone that we are super excited to have a part of in this episode. Yes, I am so excited. Uh, so we're talking about me winning a, a, our locals, which is like really just chump change uh, compared to this guy. He winner of Players Cup 2, Zach Lesage. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for having me here, guys. Uh, I'm Zach Lesage. I'm the Players Cup 2 champion, pretty recent, um, but I've been playing all the way since 2005. Um, I was able to win a gym challenge within my first year of playing, and for those who are newer players, it's very similar to a regional champion-style event. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to get a trip to Worlds in Anaheim that year, um, and I've really been playing since. Um, in 2017, I kind of took on a role of a pro player traveling around the world. Pokemon introduced a little bit more money in the game, which made it more feasible for me. Um, and in that time, I've been able to win the Collinsville Regional Championships, um, Mexico City uh, Special Events, um, more recently coming second at the Oceania International Championships in 2020, right before the pandemic hit, and mm-hmm. uh, capping it off um, this past weekend with the Players' Cup 2 Championships. So, I mean, I've been playing for a while. Um, Pokemon is my full-time profession, so I'm able to do that through coaching players, um, writing articles, creating content on YouTube and Twitch, um, running tournaments, and another few various um, kind of efforts on my behalf. Just to sometimes you got to hustle a little bit to make Pokemon your profession, sell some yeah. cards here and there. But uh, I mean, we're out here, we're doing it um, even during the pandemic. So it's super cool. Thanks again so much uh, for having me here. Well, thank you again oh, yeah, for we, joining. Yeah, we, we didn't want to miss this opportunity. Uh, like to me, in this pandemic year, uh, Players Cup Two is basically worlds to me in my mind. Uh, I'm glad that you really guys are thinking so highly stuff. of it. I mean, it's a weird tournament to place, uh, it, right? Like, right. We, yeah, we literally had nothing like this um, in our in our normal season. We don't have double elimination tournaments. Like everything's mm-hmm. run with Swiss rounds, similar to like other major TCGs, CCGs, and like for me, like I didn't even like I don't understand how double eliminate like i never understood how double elimination worked in a full grand scheme tournament like it's something that's like completely new to me like obviously i understand two losses and you're out but beyond that i don't know how the brackets get set up winners losers yeah there's a lot of things that were like it's just kind of crazy to be here playing actual official pokemon in the pandemic right and i know i know pokemon got a lot of flack for kind of going that like we heard some you know pushback in a weird way for it but honestly of all the times to start testing new formats and stuff, this is it because it's it was so inclusive in my mind, other than the fact that, you know, uh, we've heard that certain countries weren't allowed to participate, which kind of bothered up me a little bit. But and juniors. Way, uh, yeah, but, juniors and seniors kind of got the yeah. got the raw end there. Um, I mean, it, it sucks for them. I feel for it. Like, there's a bunch of kids that I know that are like, it's really cool you won the Players' Cup, Zach. I really wish I could have participated in that tournament with you. Right. Yeah. Like, but like, unfortunately, like we have to deal with like the legalities of different countries, different um, ages for sure, right? Like, yeah. I think they allowed masters to plan it, which again, I'm not even sure because there are some minor masters in the 15, 16 year old age range. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Pokemon um, number one IP in the world, they gotta they gotta protect their butts sometimes. Oh, yeah, I, there was definitely they, a lot of reasoning behind things. But again, like I said, that's my main point was. 
very very interesting and a good uh, i think uh, if you're going to do testing do it now <laughs> yeah you know so and they and they, and they did the best uh, in the situation that was kind of put in front of them uh as well in this pandemic and it, 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 like you said they have to cover their butts um with you know different countries regulations and and minors and whatnot uh it's not a perfect system but it is a heck of a lot better than players cup one system so i think you know, there's some give and take there. Yeah, if there's a Players Cup 3, I can only imagine that they've even picked up some more hints and tips and tricks from this event. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, they did ask for a lot of feedback along the way. So, I mean, um, I think the community was not like an outroar or anything after the Players Cup 1. Um, the system wasn't necessarily as fair as the Players Cup 2. But, I mean, yeah. they did change it. And I mean, um, like, without any bias, the Players Cup 2 is much better organized had a much better structure especially with the 50 tournament event keys i thought yeah. that it was a lot more fair for qualifying mm -hmm. which adds a certain like it, it makes the event a little bit more legit um in that yeah. way because um with the old system i guess like if anyone again is just tuning into this episode they might be like what's the players cup one and we try to answer, we should probably try to answer those questions um, yeah the players cup one um it used the events tickets that you'd get already in pokemon so some players would have an outrageous number of tickets on their account like 600 plus um luckily for me i was one of those players um so i was able to pretty easily qualify um and then there was other players that are like i've never played ptcgo before or maybe it's someone joining new to the game and they're like i have like 10 so i mean yeah. it's literally just like if there was some kind of contest between like people who are millionaires people who are like dead broke on the streets and then it's like okay you guys are on equal footing um so the yeah. 50 event keys made it a little bit more um fair equal grounding to start off so that was cool yeah for sure i heard a lot of stories of people that had those outrageous number of tickets and would just enter an event and scoop and just get points that way and they didn't actually even have to play any games uh because they just got points for having so many tickets so this is definitely a more fair way to do it yeah, and they also fixed that, too, by um, instead of giving top eight points, because the first one, like, every single placement in the top eight would get you points. So even if you're, like, the person who eventually beat you and um, won the tournament and you lost in the top eight, you would get more tournament rep um, than the person who, like, didn't. And now yeah. if you lost in the top eight, you would get no tournament rep. So, I mean, um, I think it just forced players to do a little bit better. Um, yeah. yeah. In some ways, I wish our formats um, – would be a little bit better um so that like some games like i felt like some games were completely out of my control and best of one but with 50 tickets it, it seemed to kind of like round itself out for itself out for most players yeah 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 no i, I, I think felt I like it did for me for sure so before we keep going on uh talk about players cup we all have a custom here a triple p zach that we have a set of questions four questions that we like to ask uh, our guests for the first time they jump on um so first and foremost uh, who's your favorite pokemon Ooh, that's actually super tough my favorite pokemon <laughs> i'd say originally um was is kingdra oh. i don't know there's something about kingdra that's cool i have a yeah. i have a tribal kingdra tattoo on my upper left arm sweet um, yeah yeah i mean kingdra like i think it's because i won my first invite to worlds with kingdra and that kind of like sat with me um that's actually a really cool kind of memory you know to have that be able to associate that with a pokemon so that's really neat 
for sure. I mean, but beyond that, like I go online by like the lone blown and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, had a killer season kind of like, um, kind of putting me out there on like the global sphere. I felt like not to, like I've been, a, I've been a successful player for years, like winning national championships, stuff like that in Canada, but really like yeah. on the international scale, um, Blacephalon GX uh, kind of put, put me out there. And I mean, I think Blacephalon's a really cool Pokemon. So, I mean, I'd say it's a toss up between those. If there was like, those would be my top two. I, I don't want to pick between my children kind of answer. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's understandable. Um, okay. So going into the next one, uh, I'm assuming you've played some of the games. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be your first one, but what is your favorite starting Pokemon uh, in, in the game? Ooh. Um, you want to know what I'm at? I, I, I'd say my favorite starter is probably Totodile. Um, nice. Pokemon, Pokemon Gold, Silver, Arrow is kind of really when I got my first, like, real step. Like, I had Red and Blue as a kid, too. But, like, Pokemon Gold and Silver, I just, I remember more fondly. I think it's just, like, it took everything with the, with the first game and did it better. And Totodile mm-hmm. was, like, that, that was my homie that took me through the game. <laughs> I'm actually, I actually think I'm going to replay um, those games over the holidays when I get a little bit more spare time. Oh, that'll That's be cool. awesome. All right. Um, what is your favorite card in Pokemon right now? So my favorite card in standard? Uh, any, any, any. Anything. Any, anything. Any, any oh, game at all. My, yeah. My favorite card of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, like... That's the, you. You guys are actually killing me here. Um, <laughs> if I could put my favorite card of all time, oh, I'm I'm absolutely baffled. Okay, all right. Here we we, 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 we I'm gonna think of I, like you take your time on this because we this one normally if if we have someone pause on this one, I, I we have our new fourth one that we've been doing is what's the card you hate the most in the game. The current or case. yeah, current or or the past. Um, I'd say the card that I hate the most in the game is probably for selfish reasons. It's it's got to be a reset stamp. Oh, okay. It, I, I like I love when I play reset stamp, but it, it's one of those things where like getting reset stamped into nothing, you feel so helpless. Yeah. I know that feeling recently. Yeah, you know that <laughs> feeling within the last hour. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there, there's so many games that I feel like I play and like it's just decided upon reset stamp because there's really not too much else that really divides um, players nowadays. The format's pretty much like out there open. You have yeah. like tens of thousands of players sitting at home defining the metagame, looking at play.limitless, looking at all the top players' lists at all times. And everyone yeah. just has these super like like so forward thinking versions of the list of the metagames just so highly advanced um, yeah reset stamp is probably like for me that's my least favorite card just to get hit with but i love playing that card it's so good when you play it <laughs> yeah no that's a that's a good pick uh i i can't fault you for that one <laughs> i'd have to say my favorite card that i've played with is probably um I, I'd say it's it's got to be like I'm I'm still deciding between these two cards in my head. Um, pick the child. <laughs> pick the child. Yeah. Um, I'd say Garchomp C level X. Um, I, I feel like that card was absolutely dominant in its respective format. 
2009 to 2011 era. I just think mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, what, what did it do? I, I'm not, I'm not sure. So basically when you, when you played it down um, from your hand to evolve your Garchomp C, so level X allowed you to um, kind of level up your Pokemon. So you put it on top and you could use the attacks as well. That's how that, that mechanic worked. Mm-hmm. Um, you could heal the damage from the Pokemon below and it had an attack for three colorless energies where you could snipe 80 to somewhere. Um, and it was really relevant. I have fond memories of that format. I think that format was arguably one of the most skill-based formats um, that we've seen in the game. So, I mean, I, I just think that that one was, like, super cool. I, I, tr- I, I think that card's, like, it's it just got to be one of my favorite cards for sure. That's cool. That's oh, neat. That's, nice. uh, yeah, that's actually, uh, you know, enjoyed hearing those kind of answers, especially someone. Uh, I think you're w- one of the longest players that we've gotten to interview. So, so okay. yeah, it's kind of neat to hear back, go, going that far back now. All right. Um, yeah. So let's do some. Let's, okay. So with the Players Cup, we already were talking about the 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 fifty event tickets here, and that's where we kind of want to start with you, Zach. Uh, when when you were doing the fifty event tickets, uh, what what was your strategy going into this? Were you thinking I got to play one deck the whole time? Or were you going to vary? Like you know, what were your kind of initial thoughts? And uh, what did you end up? Tra- uh, how did you end up doing with those fifty tickets? Um, so overall I ended up finishing with, um, I think 102, um, rep Mm -hmm. from what I can remember. I started off strong because we, we started, um, in late September. I mean, I think you can start mid late September for this. Um, so I went with ADP because the format was a little, um, kind of just new at the time. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to play ADP for a bit. And my strategy was I'm only going to play a couple of these events per day because at that time we had a lot um, kind of like, it was a long way to go. 50 tickets is a lot to redeem. And yeah. I was like, if I, I will play until I get upset because Pokemon <laughs> can be pretty upsetting and you want to keep yourself in a good mental state when you're playing. Like there's so many times where like you just continuously play Pokemon, you're letting your emotions cloud your judgments and then you just like throw throw a game because you miss something or you're upset and you just like be like, okay, I'm going to concede this game and not fully look through a path to win the game. So, I mean, I was just like, I'm playing a small amount of games per day to keep myself at like kind of my mental high level. Um, yeah. I'm going to stick to tier one decks. So I started with ADP. I played that, for, I think for my first six events, um, I switched it up into starting to play Luke Metal. I played Luke Metal, won a few of those events. Um, that's and then kind of like um, greens breaks and Charizard um, okay was yeah. good back then um, just because Luke metal was like very popular so I played that won a few tournaments with that played Picarom for a bunch that did fine too um, sent a scorch um, which I ended up playing for the North America qualifiers um, so just was testing things out um, and then I played like a few like I don't really care um, tournaments I played like Al Creamy Excadrill, <laughs> um, Altaria, Eternatus, just like whatever. Like I was just like, oh, I'm recording videos about this at the time or this deck just seems kind of fun to play. So, I mean, yeah. I feel like I took the first um, 25 events seriously. I finished the first 25 events with like 63 rep. Mm-hmm. So I did significantly worse in the last um, 25 events. So... It's one of those things where I, I probably should have taken it a little bit more seriously considering the top players. Uh, I think it was like the top 20 players got buys. 
Um, I, I just snuck in there as top 100 players for this one. Yeah. Plus, Your run, at least in the 50, sounded really similar to mine, I'm, uh, except – you know, you're much better player than me. I was taking it serious, trying to do it the, the whole way. Like, like my first twenty or so tournaments, I, I was killing it, winning, winning a, a bunch. And then, like that middle kind of zone, I just kind of started tanking, and I, I was kind of in that bad mindset, like you were talking about. Yeah. And I lost some games where I probably shouldn't have. Um, so I ended up taking like a week off of playing, and came back with a better m- mental state. And I ended up uh, making, making cut with like ninety seven. And I was happy with it for my, you know, being this I think is, like the first is fantastic. Like, I mean, um, not to name drop anyone who like didn't make it, but um Michael yeah. Pramawat, one of the best players in the apps, like in the entire game. Um, Will mm-hmm. Jenkins, one of those like really like up and coming to become a great player. Um, yeah. like they they both weren't able to qualify. And I mean, I think that's probably just due to like struggles in this format. So I mean, just yeah. qualifying alone in the region is huge because there's a lot of players that would have loved to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. I was super happy with the, uh, with it overall. Um, I feel a little lucky in some games, but I, you know, overall I felt like I, I earned it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, we've been trying to tell him that for a while, Zach. So I'm glad you reiterated that. He, <laughs> we were like, Jake, you did well. <laughs> he, he beats himself up sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there was a stretch of like 10 tournaments that I just, scrubbed out and, and lost in the I, I think in 10 tournaments I won like two points or something like that I mean same thing for me there's stretches in the tournament where like I went on an exceptional win rate and there's tournaments where like I could just not do anything correct no matter yeah. what deck choice I'd go from ADP to Picaram to whatever and I yeah mean, it, it, it was just like difficult and it got to a point too where I was super busy and I almost like didn't even get a chance to complete all my tickets either. Oh, wow. Um, like I was, I got, I got to like the 90 threshold. I don't know what the low end cutoff was. I think it was like high 80s, early 90s. So as soon as I got the 90, like all my math told me that I was going to qualify. So like, I think that's why I took the last 10 tournaments and didn't really te- um, treat them that seriously. But it yeah. also gave me my, my lowest threshold of points. It's understandable. But yeah, at that point, it, it looked like, like 87 or about would be probably where that cut line was for sure so cool so yeah top 50 went well for you obviously uh it could have gone better but either way you you, you made it that's all that matters so so then we go into you know the the north america um cut and i believe the first day uh, or the first weekend was a cut to top 16 or top 32? They did a – so basically, yeah, they cut they cut to top 16 in your yeah. respective region, at yeah. least for North America at least. I, I don't want to talk on behalf of, like, I don't, I don't particularly know about Oceania. I think all regions cut yeah. to top 16 that weekend. Yeah, they did. They did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it, t- talk about your, your run there and what you, you ran – Sure. So um, basically for everyone who qualified that we had to submit our deck list by a certain date, which I think was a couple days before the event actually started, which yeah. is a weird kind of way. Like I'm the type of person, if I have to get my deck list in by eight o'clock in the morning, um, I'll like, I'll, I'll stay up till two o'clock in the morning and tinker with that deck list and jump on a discord call late in the night. Um, I was very close to playing Picaram for that event. And I just remember being like, it was like my team was like no 
Pigaron's not the play. We're going to go in with Senda Scorch. And for me, typically, I like playing Fire decks. Senda Scorch wasn't really fitting well with me. They, they sold me on it. I was like, whatever. I don't really care about this. The first player's cup. I just made top 256. This, this structure is kind of garbage. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just like you have to play over two weekends and have a pretty flawless record where you have to go X1 minimum yeah. to qualify. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, my odds are not there, um, especially with a welder deck. But whatever, it's two out of three. We'll see how it goes. Um, and fortunately for me, I was able to go 5-0 the first weekend. I hit some pretty good matchups. Like I started the day off, I think, playing against Luke Metal. There was ADPs. Um, I don't even know if I hit a Pika or anything like that. I hit an Eternatus. Yeah. But like in my winning into top 16 in North America, I hit a, I hit a Luke Metal. They didn't even have a Weakness Guard energy. Oh, wow. They didn't, I don't even know if they had Metal Goggles or anything. Like their deck was like very like Power Plant focused. Yeah. With all the giant hurts that I played, I was like, okay, cool. I essentially hit a free matchup. Um, unfortunately, like, not like that my opponent played poorly or anything like that, but it's just one of those things where they're like, man, I, I'm really probably upset that I hit Scourge. So was able mm-hmm. to fairly easily advance into that next weekend of top 16. Nice. Yeah. For, for me, I think you made the right decision not going Picarom because I, I, I made it into the 256 cut and I played Picarom. And my first matchup, I played against a Luke medal, and I won game one. And then the, the next two games were super close, and uh, he just ended up being able to mill me out uh, because of just Malolana and the whole time. So I, I lose that matchup and go into my next, and it, I played straight into an extra drill. And I was like, well, there's oh, no. nothing I could do. <laughs> I was like, well. That just sounds rough. Yeah, I was like, well, cool. I made the cut. Like, let's play a couple. Let's play a couple games. Maybe knock a person or two out. And then I was like, I lost a, a close one, which props to my opponent. Uh, but then I just extra drill. I was like, okay, well, my my run's done that, that quickly. <laughs> you know yeah, what? Um, when you were preparing for the, your your run for this, uh, what were the for the for the top? Um, oh man, I'm already forgetting the number. Like, uh, just the point is, question is really. Um, what kind of preparation were you doing? Because you were talking about how you were talking to your team, you know, you know like what were you, what was the main focus points for you in your preparation? So, I mean, I think every single event, it starts off with a metagame analysis. You need to make sure that within the kind of, you got to see what kind of toys are in the sandbox, right? Like, yeah. Pokemon, there, there's, sure, there's like might be 20 decks that you've ever seen in this current format, but only 10 of them fit into the sandbox at all times. Like Flygon is a deck, for example, right now, but Flygon's outside of the sandbox. That's, that's one of those like outlier decks that doesn't necessarily do well. And your odds are you're not going to face them. So we looked at it like the top 10 decks, give or take. And we were like, these decks are kind of trending up. These decks are kind of decks that are going to be played. So I think at the time, ADP and Luke Metal were like the number one and number two played decks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we, would, we just chose a deck that had a good matchup against those. Picaron felt super consistent, um, but Senna Scorch, we, just, we were like, in order, to, in order to do well at an event like this, we have to first and foremost be able to run Haunts. In a best two to three format, we figured that a Welder deck, um, being able to go second with Volcanion, you get to go second minimum one game. So that means you'd always bring it at least to a game three. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt very powerful against the format at the time. So um, it, it, it kind of all fell together like that, where 
we tested out the metagame, figured out the matchups that we need to figure out, had a very ideal list, um, and kind of went in with it. Um, our, our team regularly tests, like, all of the different decks. And, I mean, I guess our team is uh, Gabriel Smart, Daniel Altavilla, Caleb Rogerson, Ahmed Ali, and myself. Um, so we have a group of five yeah. players that continuously do well online. Um, I mean, Daniel Altavilla before the pandemic, number one points leader global. Um, yeah. And for myself, yeah. number four points um, leader global. So, I mean, to have two of the top four, two of the top five-ish players in the game, um, and then Ahmed Ali um, doesn't play Pokemon as seriously as everyone else, but, I mean, um, holds um, ties the record for, like, the most consecutive regional top eights. Um, Gabriel Smart's one of those players that grinds online all the time. Um, really, like, one of those up-and-coming, like, to-become-great players. And yeah. they've done some really good things online, like winning the Hegster events, winning uh, or coming top four at the at the GG Tour Regionals, doing well at the Hyperlux events. And Caleb Rogerson's actually a senior um, regional champion as well. Um, I actually don't see any difference between age when it comes to players, when it comes to skill, if anything. The younger players often have it better than us masters. Like, whenever I, like, have extra time to test, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm probably going to, like, cook dinner. I'm going to pay some bills. Kids don't really <laughs> have to think about that kind of stuff, so they just have a little bit extra time, right? So, yeah. Um, Caleb Rogerson, an absolute amazing player. Um, so kind of all together, we kind of have this uh, super group, does really well. Um, we work really well together. Um, great group of guys. And uh, that's the deck that we all went in with. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. that's, that's, yeah, it's, you know, that dynamic, uh, you know, thinking or going, you know, when it comes to competitive play, you know, that is something that's so important to be able to chat this out with a lot of people. And I think, again, the Pokemon community itself, we were talking about this earlier, is just like so open in a way, um, you know, so it's, it's awesome that, you know, you guys are getting, everyone's getting together. You're willing to talk and work with them because again, it's, it's for fun. And it's also, you know, there's, you know, we love the strategy of it. So, for sure. um, and so that's, that's just great to hear in my mind. And, you know, that's cool that you guys are able to do that and really just amazing, you know, and you guys are all just a, a heck of a group of players uh you know we know the names coming in now so uh but yeah uh, yeah it's impressive uh the, the names on that on that uh group right there <laughs> oh thank you i appreciate that so so you you made it to top 16 at this point um yeah. now we're, we're going down to uh the, the top four in north america it was a i think that was only over a course of one day yeah, that was a that was a course over one day. So we played the okay. first we played the first X amount of rounds. Luckily I was able to stay in the winner's bracket. I honestly yeah. don't know how many rounds would have been had I lost at any point. Um Yeah, I think uh, for, for every for every round you go past, I think it was like or I think every three rounds it was like an extra round if you lost in that in that kind of a bracket. I have no clue who was like seven, eight rounds. Like it could have been absolutely grueling. Yeah. I had a couple friends. Um, actually, I actually ended up playing against one of my teammates, Ahmed Ali in the, mm -hmm. in, in, in that first one. And uh, he actually ended up making top 16 as well in North America. And my Sweet. other, um, Danny, Danny fizzled out a little bit early. It happens. Um, Caleb fizzled out a little bit early. Uh, Gabe made top 32 losses, went into Mahone. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and then going into the top 16, um, so for me, I had to win two in a row in order to make it in there. And if I lost um, round six, then I would have had to go, I'd have to win two in a row. So, I mean, I had to go one, two. I basically, I had to not go um, zero, two. I had to go like two, one or two, oh, two, one, not zero, two in order to advance um, because that's what the five, oh, gave me the advantage. I started off um, playing against ADP. Um, I, so we had the list for, I think it was like a couple weeks in advance. Yeah. Maybe it was one week. I, I, it's honestly kind of like a blur. Um, so I made sure that I studied that and I really just like thought of um, interesting win cons. I play tested um, that matchup a bunch and I found that the matchup was virtually unlosable as long as I could get an ideal setup. Mm -hmm. um, going first or second, it didn't matter. I had strategies all set up um, for either way, just depending on the die roll. Um, so I was able to get past that um, I beat it 2-1. There was one game where I made a game-altering mistake. I, I benched an extra Pokemon, and Mawile caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to watch out for those attacks with ADP because they'll use anything and everything against you. Right, yeah. right. Um, and then in my winning in to top four North America, which is would be the TCG Global Finals, um, I played against a Picarom deck. Now, Picarom's not necessarily the matchup that I wanted to see, but I was like, okay, you want to know what? I could actually get past this if I try. Um, so I was able to um, just get set up. I won a convincing game three, and I advanced 2-0. Um, unfortunately, my teammate Ahmed did not advance, um, winning their – or they lost their winning in to global top four. So I advanced um, with three other Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> or th sorry, three Canadians total. And then there is Brent Gibbons, which all independently is crazy because Canada is not a large playing country. It's like, um, we have very low playing population out here. So all three players coming from the same province as me, um, which is crazy. Or, I mean, I guess Hugo's from uh, Quebec. So, I mean, um, regardless, like three players that live within a five hour, six hour radius of me, um, Something's going right up there. <laughs> yeah, apparently, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, it's a bit of a stroke of luck that that happened. I know everyone's like, yo, Canada crushed it. I mean, Canada did exceptionally well at this event. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's just, uh, I, I think all the cards fell right for that to happen. Like, even for the amount of Canadians that qualified and stuff like that, um, it'd be like that for any other state. Like, sometimes it just happens and falls in there in the right bracket or the right matchups. So, I mean, it was, it was a super cool, like, side note back. But, yeah, the 2-0 got me into the global finals uh, top 16, so top four North America. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. Yeah, so, so then, the, then you go to the global finals, and uh, you switch decks, obviously, to Picarom. Um, yeah. What, what sparked that decision at the time? So, basically, um, we were allowed to switch our decks because – uh, they counted this as a new tournament, so they reset all the brackets that you, you went in there completely clean slates. Um, and I was just like, with Vivid Voltage being released, the metagame changed up a little bit. Center Scorch kind of took a back seat um, for the formats. ADP gains kind of like a couple new tricks. Not really too much, but I felt like it just had a better matchup um, going forward. Um, and lists became more refined than they originally were. 
yeah and that's probably like the biggest thing it's just like lists for adp got to a certain level where like adp did not feel like an easy matchup luke metal's not really around send scorch isn't really around so the the, the metagame became picarom and adp mm-hmm. and i was like okay i either choose a deck to beat them or i join them and i mean my top two <laughs> choices were like adp and picarom um so i mean nothing too crazy there um, my other, like, one of my other random choices was, like, Decidui Obstagoon. I was, like, I, I, I thought it could have been a hot choice. Um, yeah. And basically, I just did some research on the other players who qualified, because at this time, um, we, we, we weren't allowed to talk about that we made it. So I had wow. to go through and use every single resource that I could find um, to see who else made it, look through their decks that they qualified with, found deck lists for them um, yeah. whenever possible. Because I think some of the regions were allowed, like in Australia, so that, those were typically easier to find. Um, so I was just researching players, and I determined that a lot of like the players qualified with ADP and at an alarming rate, and most mm-hmm. of them played like Duraludon, um, which is just terrible for Decidueye. And I'm like, okay, with Aegislash V coming out, um, they're probably just going to add Aegislash V into their decks. Um, it ended up like in hindsight, it ended up being a really good call because uh, I did play against a few Aegis Slash Vs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just um, we were playing online events at the time with Vivid Voltage with my team. Really couldn't talk too much about what was going on with the global top 16 coming up. But with Vivid Voltage, just as in a general format, we formulated this amazing Pika-ROM list, went in with that um, kind of hybrid Pika-ROM with Mewtwo Mew GX. Um, yeah. Mewtwo Mew GX is a searchable big charm in a way. It just has more HP, it has less retreat than a Pika. Instead of having two attacks, you have access to six attacks. So two on a Dene, two on Pika Rom, two on uh, Choo Choo. Um, so it, I felt like the deck gave me a lot of options. And options in general, when, when comboed with like strong play, um, typically leads to good results. So I mean, um, Pika Rom being a great deck, um, Mewtwo being a new innovation to the deck or semi-new innovation and um, really just pushing pushing everything that I could with that deck and it, it ended up uh, being the correct choice. Right. You you recently just came out and I, I watched this was your video on your updated version of it, um, which there wasn't too many changes in there if I remember seeing. I think the big one I saw was you took out Peekavolt uh between your your winning one in the in the video uh you know so was peekavolt the main reason for putting in there kind of for just pure disruption purposes because if it uh kind of is it first attack or was it more along the lines of you know just uh, uh you know could you were you thinking of other uses for it out there so peekavolt um i mean yeah. it's yeah. i I, th- I think its attack is fine um it's it's like both of attacks are fine um i was using it more for its uh item item denial attack mm-hmm. just so i could stop my opponent from using rare candy into decidui or rare canning into an obstagoon because picaron typically doesn't have an answer to desigoons i figured this would give me the slightest of slight chances um but it was really more of one of those like mistakes I made um, with my deck list. Like I don't think my deck list was perfect for the Players Cup. To um, that that was really like a gigantic like strike on my deck list. Um, beyond like the few games that I had to start with it, 
it's one of those things where like I just didn't find it added enough to the deck. I, I, I found very few uses throughout the tournaments. I know some players use it against Blacephalon um, to stop their fire crystals and their energy retrievals and other cards like scoop up nets. Um, mm -hmm. When I played against Hugo in the, in the losers finals to go into the grand finals, Vickable did nothing for me um, at all. Um, if anything, Vickable kind of hindered me throughout the tournament. And it's really one of those cards I want to cut. I've actually since updated the deck again, um, just like changing like one or two cards here, but like, I guess it's the difference between playing in a double elimination bracket. I'm um, in an unknown metagame with 16 players that qualified to go in there versus playing in like the Monday night Hagster, the best of one Crollo event or the chill TCG. Like all of these events are different formats and you just got to kind of go with your gut sometimes. But I felt Vigavolt was a very um, poor inclusion in my deck list and it kind of just like didn't do, it didn't, it didn't pull its own weight. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I've, 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 played a lot of Picarom here locally and I've played around having Vika Volt because you know everybody says it's great I, I've always found it you know the first one that uh, the first Pokemon I want to cut out of my list no matter what kind of meta we're in at the moment um, I've never really liked him aside from a couple Blacephalon matchups but how often are you going to do that I run into Blacephalon when you know you have ADP and and other big decks out there that don't really care about it exactly it's just it, it's one of those things where like even for myself at my current like um level of play like i can still have those discussions on how do i beat desigoons oh vikavolt's your best chance and then i just kind of like scurry into playing the card and mm -hmm. like, think about it the next day when deck lists are locked and you're like why did i play this card for real like this does nothing in a two out of three format right so i could yeah. see it, i could see it cheesing out the best of one at a hegster or something like that there's no way it's ever going to win in two out of three i'm just not winning that match I and mean, i should have accepted that um yeah and i mean all i can do is grow from it and continuously make better um deck decisions but i mean i felt the other 59 cards of my deck were perfect for the event. Um, had a, like, there is nothing I would have made changes to there. Um, that Vickavolt spot would have been good as a Tapu Coco. Um, maybe, yeah, I think that's the, the, the change that you made from. Yeah, yeah for, like afterwards, like that, that would have been like my updated list for a double elimination bracket, either a Bolton V Professor's Research or a Tapu Coco V would have been like a really great spot over that Vickavolt. But every other card in the deck, I think, for that tournament and that particular metagame were fantastic. That's cool. All right. So, yeah, so you, uh, you ended up taking it. And I, I, how long did uh, you have to wait before, you know, this was known that you were the one that the come, back, uh, come out as the champion? So um, we played um, the weekend of, I think it was December 3rd more and more that i look at it uh, i I'm, I'm like had a calendar here yeah <laughs> we, we, it, it's all a blur we played the weekend of december 5th 6th sorry. okay um and that was like that was almost like a month after um i qualified for the north america qualifiers you're like yo check your email for when you're playing and i was like okay cool 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 and it felt like every week was going by and then they just like were like okay you're playing this weekend blah 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 and i was like oh cool i had to drop everything that i'm doing um, I, I think my mom was coming over to my apartment that weekend um, to have like a family dinner on the Sunday. And I was like, 
Well, I guess, uh, I mean, my odds of winning this tournament aren't really that big. I guess I'll see you for dinner, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but I'm starting at seven o'clock in the morning because the other big um, logistical nightmare for this event is you have player, you have the organizers that are largely based out of Seattle, so Pacific time zone. Um, all of the players, as far as I'm concerned, were based out of the Eastern time zone um, for North America. But then you had um, Europe, European players um, and you also had um, players from Australia. Um, more or less, Latin America is going to have a similar time zone to us. Yeah. yeah. Take plus two hours. Not that bad. Um, Europe's not that bad. But, like, I mean, for us starting in Eastern, we had to start at seven o'clock in the morning, which was like crazy. And we had to check in slightly before that as well. So, like, I was up and like up at five o'clock in the morning. Um, with my cold brew that I made myself <laughs> and uh, like just getting started. Right. Like, I think I took two energy drinks that morning too. I'm like, I need to wake up and be like started for today, but it was just like a logistical nightmare starting so early. Yeah. I, I, you know what I, for over the pandemic, there was a uh, set of events for another game that I'm a part of. And I was the commentator for the Australian one for that. And so I was the same thing. It was like, okay, I'm waking up really early for this one now. So uh, I think I was up at like one o'clock in the morning for their start time. And I can relate. You're just like trying to chug as much caffeine into your system and like, okay, time to be professional here. <laughs> 100%. What were your most memorable matches now at this point? So, I mean, I started off the day I, now. I mean, it could be a little bit fuzzy, so it's a little bit off. I, okay. I apologize. I, mean, okay. I only played against three decks altogether. I played against a bunch of ADP. Um, a bunch of Picaram and one um, Blasaflon deck. So, I mean, I think I went like ADP, ADP. Um, so I lost my second round, just kind of like my opponents played Crushing Hammers. Sometimes ADP can sneak a win out at Brucia. Um, and then, then, I, then I find myself paired in the loser's bracket against um, Diego Casaraga, our 2017 world champion. And I'm like, dang, I guess... Uh, I guess uh, I'm here, Diego's here. Only one of us can continue. I mean, I felt good in the matchup, um, and I, I ended up being able to go, like, 2 overs him. I 2 would my next opponent. And then I played against a Picaram deck. Um, the Picaram deck was, like, a little bit difficult. Um, and then in my winning into top four, which for me was the most important part because, like, at this point, when you're in the top 16, there's no additional prizing unless you make top four. Um, there's no special like top 16 you get any kind of cash prizing any kind of booster box like it's top four or bust um, wow. so breaking it in there um, making it top six or just kind of getting past that last round it was super close um, but it was a rematch against Renzo I think that was my winning in either that or it was a peaker on matchup it was either ADP or peaker on but I remember the matchup being um, ridiculously close and I ended up just being able to pull it out there. So um, in the top four, I was able to make it through um, another 80, because basically how it went, because I was in the loser's bracket, I had to play to, to make top three. So I played against an ADP deck. And in order for me to make top two, I had to get past Hugo's Blissephalon deck. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a favorable matchup. So for me, like, as soon as I got to Brent, um, that's kind of when I was like, I think I'm done here. Like, I, I didn't think I was going to make it past Brent. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because Brent made it through from the winner's bracket. 
So that means I would not only have to win, I'd have to win twice. <laughs> Which is just like a tall order. Like it's one of these yeah. things where, like I've never had to do that um, at all in a Pokemon tournament before where it's like you have to play it two matches in a row versus the same opponent. Um, and, and win a both. <laughs> yeah, and win both. So I was like, Bren here has a significant advantage because um, he obviously he knows what he's doing being in the winner's bracket. Brent is known for being a bit more of a Picaron player. His testing mm. group of Kaiwen Kwan and stuff like that. Kaiwen made top eight at our last world championships in uh, DC with Picaron. So, I mean, just having those like strong players that know that deck inside and out and Brent being one of the absolute best players in the game, I was just like, there's no way I can get past it, but I'm like, okay, let's just take each game one by one, focus on that because there's nothing I can do that I can be like, the whole world is crumbling at the win two, two out of threes in a row. The second two out of three doesn't even matter until I'm done my first X amount of games that I'm playing. Um, and getting a quick win off Brent kind of put that first two out of three in my favor. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, getting through that one, um, and then just making it to the second one. And then I won the coin flip going game one, which I think <laughs> is huge because going second in Picaram Mirror is absolutely um, exhilarating. It's it's huge. Yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, <laughs> there's always a debate and stuff. And so knowing knowing in the mirror match that's such a critical thing to and being able to get to it and capitalizing on it is, is very important. So, you know, be, you know, I think I think a lot of newer players and stuff. Um, that's something that when they when they start to play more competitively and they recognize that, uh, I think that like that's something that's underestimated by them until until they get to that point. So yeah, uh, you know that's that's hey get, it, sometimes it goes that way and so that's awesome that you were able to turn that back towards for you. Yeah no I mean it's it's crazy to end up out there and be like. Um, and and get like kind of finish on top of that like I again like I, I like I've, I've tweeted a bunch and I'm like it's surreal it literally is surreal <laughs> like for me where it's just like even at this point it's just um it, it I, I think about it and I'm like I can't like I went 15 and one in order to get there yeah which is that's, just like that's, and so that's not including like the tournaments that I had to play in and I mean it's just like one of those records where like I'm just blessed by the few opportunities that I had um, and whatever, um, whatever plays that I had that contributed to it, it just kind of all worked together in my favor for this one event. I mean, I could, I, I feel like if I play this event, like 10 times over, I'm not coming up as the champ again. There, I mean, there's so many talented uh, players out there, for sure. uh, but you can't, you can't discount yourself though. You're, you're one of those guys that are on the top of their game. So I mean, I, I would say if there is another Players Cup three, uh, I would put my money on you. <laughs> I mean, I would I would hope that I would do well. It'd be nice to go into a new season of when we get in real life Pokemon back, and then yeah. walk away and be like, "Cool, I have two travel awards." That'd be amazing. Like, I'd be like, um, but I mean, we have to see exactly what's coming up. I know Pokemon's doing the team challenge nowadays. I know yep. Pokemon's. Uh, I mean, you'd think that they do a Players Cup three, but it's Obviously, they can only plan so much with uh, an unknown start time for in real life play, right? Like we don't. Yeah. If, if they if they plan too far ahead, there's a good chance that they just scrap what they have to do anyway. So I'm sure um, the time and effort that they put into these events is something that's not an app. Like it's not an afterthought. Like they had to put a lot of um, 
planning into this event. The production value of the stream is like really high and companies, yeah. contracts, like there's probably too much stuff that goes on behind the scenes there. Oh yeah. I, I can't even imagine being a part of that. Honestly, it's just, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of logistics and we try running our own little stuff and I feel like everything goes wrong for her or our events too. So yeah, I hear you there, but yeah. Um, congratulations again that's super awesome um i'm pumped for you um i totally appreciate it for me like it's one of those things like um i'm I'm just like rare and like you think that i feel like it's not even like a sense of validation for me i'm just so like i'm still hungry after it i guess that's like i i i can i I think that's the mind i can can relate yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, i've been I've, i've been at you know towards the top of, uh, you know, other games and, you know, doing well, it always just makes you want to win more. Yeah. And the thing is too, like for this event, like I'm pretty terrible with my Pokemon tournament winnings. Um, I like whenever I win cash at a Pokemon event, it usually ends up being like, cool. I'm buying myself the new iPhone. I'm going to upgrade something on my gaming setup. I'm going to yeah. go out to the store, buy an expensive t-shirt, just like stuff that's like pretty, it doesn't matter, right? Like, it's not like Pokemon's going to be going to rent or anything like that. I try to yeah. keep Pokemon as just, like, my pocket fun money um, for the most part. And for me, like, with this event just being a travel award, I think the thing that I'm missing about Pokemon is the pure hunger. is just, like, winning a stupid amount of money just so I can spend it on something that's just, like, <laughs> ridiculous, right? Like, for me, like, I'm, like, um, after I came second at Australia, I was, like, am I getting myself like a Gucci backpack or am I getting myself an <laughs> iPhone 11 pro max? And like, I sat there and I was like, Oh, you want to know why my iPhone, I used it more for business. I'm going to go for it. So like here, I'm just like, I'm the players cup two championships. I'm, I'm going to use that uh, travel award. I think to go to Australia when everything starts back up. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. So, so aside from the travel stipend, uh, what, what, what other prizing did you get? Is it just, just packs and, so basically and I got the same as everyone else who qualified. I got uh, the Players' Cup sleeves, the Players' mm-hmm. Cup deck box, um, travel stipend to go to any international championships of my choice. Mm-hmm. I, um, assuming there's an Oceania International Championships that's in Australia, I'd like to go there. For me, I think that tends to be the most... Um, expensive one for me to get to so i mean that would definitely be helpful yeah it makes um, a lot of sense i mean if i'm going to columbus from uh I'm, I'm located near toronto for me i just drive to columbus it's like a five six hour drive yeah i was about um, to say i i've i've driven up to toronto quite a few times so it's, yeah it's, it's not that bad at all right like it's just yeah. like it's a routine drive whatever um i, I wouldn't want to use a travel award on that so uh, yeah, I guess yeah we'll have to see exactly when internationals come back but that not not to say like that's it or anything, but that's the prize that were offered. Um, there were some in-game packs that uh, they gave. I think everyone who made top two fifty six got a varying amount of packs depending on how yeah. they placed. Um, I I think I ended up getting like thirty or thirty six. Oh, that's crazy! Because I I think I ended up like getting like fourteen. So I mean I made the cut, but I like I said I scrubbed out basically, and you only I you got. A little more than double than me. Yeah, it would have been crazy if they gave me like 500 packs or something. And they're like, <laughs> fall out. And I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds fun. I could rip open some packs. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, I think it's just like cool. Like I, I use those packs. I try to collect uh, four of everything on PTCGO. So I'm just like 
going back on some other sets and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of routine stuff. I mean, the packs were cute. Um, it would, I think they like, I think it'd be cool if they added um, some more prizing. Just like, I feel bad for the players that made t- all the way to top 16 or top four in their region. Yeah. It would have been really cool if maybe they gave them a travel stipend for making it that far. I know Pokemon typically for their top 16 players in each region gives a thousand dollar travel stipends. Um, to help them go towards internationals or they can go to like, then there's the travel awards. So, I mean, I think that would have been cool to help out some of the players um, and give some additional prize support and kind of boost the attendance of these internationals as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess, I guess it's, it's tough to tell though, you know, like they're, they're not sure, you know, again, what's the most appropriate. Cause if something, you know, you get all this travel stipend and then, another year could have happened where we don't get to. So, you know, it, it is, it is, it's tough, but you know, Hey, that's, you know, I'm, it's I mean, amazing. I'm, I'm there by no means am I upset with the prizing. I'm yeah, no, that's up, what like... I mean. I, I'm not saying you were, I just, <laughs> I just, it's like, man, it's, it, it, I, I guess from, for me, Jake, we come from a game that doesn't really have that big of a surprise support. Like for us, for us, like the big thing last year was they gave everyone who showed up to this one, this one card and, and ship. And we were like, this is the coolest thing ever. And that was it. Like there was, yeah. there was not much else. So. I could sell my dials uh, for like $500. Okay, cool. I have to go through the trouble of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Pokemon has Pokemon is a pretty uh, robust prize support, especially during their in real life season. I mean, I think the biggest yeah. appeal of Pokemon is I, I I what from what I hear from other players and kind of in my own opinion, um, and and no opinion of anyone uh, anyone else or any company that I I think Pokemon is one of those things where the game is likely the easiest to become a an above average player at. Yeah. Um, you could go from being like pandemic player now in real life play could open in a month. Um, not, it's not going to open in a month, but I mean like, yeah, in whatever. And I mean, you can go from basically playing Pokemon for a month, show up at a regionals and it wouldn't be unheard of for you to make top 32. The skill gap is relatively low to enter the game. You could do pretty well, especially with decks like ADP. Um, you could just rail a few wins off that or cards like crushing hammer. You definitely like yep. hurt some people out of the game. Um, and I think that's kind of like, it's kind of like the format. It's kind of like how Pokemon is not the most complex game, um, but I'd say it's very difficult to master, and it's very unique yeah. in the way that um, Pokemon allows you to search out your deck all the time. Things like that don't happen in Magic and other CCGs. Um, there's deck construction is huge in Pokemon, so I mean, obviously, top players will continuously find a way to adapt to the game um, to put push the odds into their favor. But I mean, I think for anyone who might be listening now or anything like that, um, Pokemon's genuinely one of those games where like, if you're like, I want to win some money at a regionals or I want to become like a up and coming player or something like that, you actually have a chance with this game. I'd say Magic's way more difficult. Like if I switched to Magic tomorrow, I, I don't think I'd be top 32 in one of the regionals. Yeah, that's understandable. That's understandable. Uh, when I just, when uh, when Pandemic hit and I was, we used to play X-Wing and I was, one of those top players and I kind of make, you know, making a transition over to something that I can actually have more access to. I kind of was thinking exactly along those lines where, uh, you know, Pokemon seems like a game I could pick up relatively easy and hopefully get to the same level I was in that other game. And definitely the prize support, it was 
kind of a draw for me as well. I'm not going to lie. I mean, if I could uh, get these, you know, these cuts and make top fours consistently, I mean, it, it, it's definitely a big draw. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think Pokemon has a pretty enticing prize support. Even like the stuff that they give you for entering the tournaments at the regional championship level, international levels. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the game. And I think um, getting a world championship invite is viable for a lot of players within their first full season of playing. Obviously, like any other hobby TCG, you need to have a certain kind of like upkeep of yeah. uh, financials. Like I wouldn't go into this game dead broke and try to make money. Yeah. Um, right. But um, I'd say it's one of the fairly, like especially with the product that they printed over the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. the game is fairly cheap to get into now. Like you could build a tier one deck for probably 100, 200 bucks. You can't do that in Yu-Gi-Oh. You can't do that in Magic. Um, and I mean, when, when, once everything opens back up, I mean, I think, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, players kind of flock to the game. Pokemon's been kind of all the talk over the pandemic with, uh, collectors, Logan Paul, Charizards, PSA yeah. and stuff like that. It's one of those things where, um, I think Pokemon's going to be popping, um, when, when the world safely resumes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I can't I, make, I, sorry, Nick. I was just gonna say I'm I'm actually oddly really excited for that like almost explosion of play that I'm assuming that's gonna happen and I think it will be I think it'll be a really neat initial run when the when it opens up so it's something that I think I, I think we're all three really excited for more than anything. Yeah, I I can't wait to travel to you know like you were saying Ohio. Maybe you can even come down there and just come down and kick my butt. Uh, that would just still be just a a thrill, just to to compete with you know the best of the best. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I I do, I mean I do travel, and for me it's not unknown. Like I I played cops in like New York. I played cops in wherever. I I drive through most of the anywhere within a ten to twelve hours. I drive, but like. Toronto's in a unique area where it's just like our airplane tickets are like ridiculously expensive here due mm -hmm. to like just like international fees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I ended up driving like I'll drive to like Collinsville, um, Illinois and stuff like that, even though that one's like a 14 because like flights from Toronto to St. Louis are like 800 bucks. <laughs> you'd never you'd be like why like but no one in toronto has any reason to go to st louis right yeah <laughs> we like there's no budget airline there's no nothing there's no spirit so i mean um yeah no it's it's pokemon traveling around is probably it, it's it's likely my favorite thing that's probably like when everything got canceled um i i, I was planning on going to um special events um in el salvador wow. like i had to cancel plans to go to el salvador I canceled my plans to go to uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, canceled my plans to go to Berlin. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of, like, cool places that I was, like, super hyped to go to. Yeah. Or, uh, go to again. And just, like, I, I had to cancel a lot of it. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Hopefully this pandemic ends shortly and we can get back to, you know, live, live play. I'm not sure if that's going to happen this year, at least – for getting CP to go to Worlds because it doesn't sound like Worlds 2021 is going to happen at this point. But hey, who see, I have a wild, I have a wild projection. Okay, I, I wouldn't imagine that they let our current Worlds um, continue to linger because, um, like, we already missed one World Cycle. Yeah, and, I mean, 
I, I think if we lose a second one, it kind of gets us so far from the point of the players, like when they were originally qualifying, like the games just has to like move on at some point. I wouldn't yeah. be surpri- like, I wouldn't be surprised if Pokemon ran an, an official like online um, kind of virtual worlds. Yeah. Like they could ship everyone who's qualified for worlds or has met some kind of certain thresholds, um, a player's bag. Cause they probably have things made up already i mean yeah. things shut down and they're notorious for planning i wouldn't be surprised if we got something like that uh virtual london tour virtual things like that like through the power of the internet and zoom things like we're literally on a zoom thing there's no way that i'm like i'm from canada you guys are from the states like yeah it, it's one of those things where i think technology could be very much of assistance here and um anyone who has like travel awards or anything like that i'm sure they could figure out a way to pay them out or something like that but um, maybe maybe that would fall in line with like a, a relaunch of PTCGO. Um, they've been doing a lot of events on there. So, I mean, I think Pokemon is usually a couple steps ahead of us than we think. And I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if we had like a bigger world, even if it didn't count as worlds, um, they might throw something because last year there was the, or I guess uh, this past August, there was the Atlas uh, Pog Championships, an unofficial event. Um, yeah, the fact yeah. that we can get organizers to run an unofficial event find sponsorships when there's a company um, that's worth billions of dollars. I, mm-hmm. I think they have a little bit more time to plan now. And I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something over that kind of world's weekend and made some kind of large, interesting uh, events similar to worlds, if not worlds. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we're all at hope for something too, you know, we, just because again, we all enjoy playing this game. And so any kind of, any kind of event in my mind is a good event, uh, especially these well-run ones. And I'm, you know, thoroughly impressed by all the different, you know, Limitless and all those hexters doing these things. And just not only is it good for the game in general, because it's keeping everything alive, um, you know, it's good because we're, you know, again, newer players are starting to get into the game. I would not have been, I'm one of those, I would not be able to get into the game the way I was able to. So, um, and I, I hope, you know, Pokemon recognizes that too. And I think they do. I think, I, I agree. I think I agree with you, Zach. I think they're, they are thinking two steps ahead uh, and they're pretty good about that. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. Fingers crossed for sure. Definitely. I think that just about wraps it up. Do you have any um, like shout outs or plugs you want to want to have? Yeah, no, um, for sure. I mean, uh, I give a shout out to uh, Hyperlux Games. So I, I'm actually an independent um, Pokemon tournament contractor um, for Hyperlux. So I run events for them, online PTCGO events. So be sure to check those out. You can check it out on the Play.Limitless TCG page, or you can check it out at the Hyperlux websites. Um, also, shout out to PTCGO store. You can use code ZLASSAGE5 to save 5% off your next order of PTCGO codes. Um, beyond that, shout out to my testing team of Gabriel Smart, Daniel Altavilla, Ahmed Ali, Caleb Rogerson, um, my Pokemon playing family of Jay Lesage, Rochelle Fortier, and my lovely girlfriend who also plays Pokemon, Michelle Babin. Um, I mean, those are all the homies all the family um, really appreciate you guys having me here. Um, not to use it as a shameless plug for myself. I actually just started my own podcast. Uh, so you can check that out at uh, the Yellhorn, um, like the 
like the garbage Pokemon TCG card. We're yeah. bringing it loud and clear. <laughs> so I mean, uh, maybe maybe in the future we could have you guys on. We could talk about podcasts or something like that. Um, That'd be awesome. We would love to. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, I, cre- <laughs> I create Pokemon content um, under the alias of the Lone Blown. So you can find all my content there on Twitch, YouTube, and I also coach players. So if you're looking to upgrade your game, feel free to DM me on Twitter. Um, but that's basically it. I really appreciate you guys having me here. Thank you so much. No, we uh, no appreciate problem. you we... joining us. Uh, really, yeah. we really do. And you know, obviously, if you're looking to update, up, you know, improve your game, I think uh, Winter of Players Cup Two is probably a good bet. <laughs> I would certainly. For sure. so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I hope that you can't get worse. Is the best way to put it, right? <laughs> like, please, yeah, you won't become worse after my coaching. That should be my, my tagline, right? <laughs> yeah, sold. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you again for listening to Triple P. The best way to support us is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. You can leave us a comment or question on Twitter at PitPokeyPod or on the Triple P Facebook page. We also stream box openings online and live play at twitch.tv slash dukeofhobbies. There you can earn TCGO codes and more. If you have made or know any Pokemon artists, send us a message and we will feature an artist each episode. Gotta catch them all.